Aloha church family. I trust that you're keeping safe and well and we're all praying that this uh, pandemic comes to a, a soon end and we're able to return to our regular life and activities. The virus pandemic has stopped us from meeting as a church, but it hasn't stopped us from being the church. The virus has disrupted our regular life and activities, but it hasn't disrupted our true identity, who we are and what we do. We are the resurrection family of Jesus, given birth on the day of Pentecost from the resurrected Christ who poured out his Holy Spirit and gave birth to this new community, God's people on earth. We are the body of Christ where every member a part of his physical presence on earth in our church family. But catch this, today I want to encourage us and, and spur us on with the reality, with the truth that we are Christ's prevailing church against the forces of death. We are Christ's prevailing family against the powers of death on earth. That's the description Jesus gives us in Matthew chapter 16. And yes, the, the virus is part of the forces of Hades, part of the forces of death. It has caused turmoil and disruption all over the planet. It's caused sickness to thousands. And yes, it's caused death to many as well, tragically. That virus pandemic is certainly a part of the, the forces of death. But we are Christ's prevailing church against those forces. So I want us to read that description that Jesus gives us in Matthew chapter 16. But before we read it together, let me point out that Jesus teaches us who we are, New Hope Kailua, at a pivotal point in his ministry and in a very significant location. It's a pivotal point in Matthew chapter 16 because the Gospels record that Jesus' first movement of his ministry as Messiah was demonstrating in powerful works and, and powerful words who he is, that he was the Messiah. And he uh, carried on his ministry in Galilee, in the north of Israel. And at this pivotal point in Matthew 16, he brings his disciples to a place called Caesarea Philippi. And at that place, he asked them, after disclosing through his works and through his words who he is, he asked his disciples who he is, what, whether they had understood his identity. And so after, his, uh, after Peter's confession of faith at this point, we'll read in a moment, everything changes. It's a pivotal point. It moves from his ministry in Galilee. All of a sudden, he's now moving to Jerusalem. And it moves from being more public and teaching and miracles to more private and, and devoting himself to his disciples as he's headed to Jerusalem and the cross. So it's a pivotal point for us to understand who we are as his church in Jesus' ministry. But he's standing at a significant point. And I want to take a moment just to lead you on a short journey to Caesarea Philippi. And as the pictures show on the screen, Caesarea Philippi is north of the Jordan River. And the first picture shows that it's a source of one of the major sources of the Jordan River. Um, you'll see the water flowing out of the rock mountain face and uh, this was a source of the Jordan River but you'll see in the background of the first picture that there's a cave there's a uh, an opening in that rock face where in Jesus day we know from the historians the water actually flowed out of that uh, rock edifice and flowed out of that cave. The second picture has uh, a close-up of um, 
Some people standing, you'll get an idea of how the, the size of where that river flowed out of the cave. You'll see uh, Michael and, and uh, Bob, a couple of our church family members standing. They are literally standing at the gates of Hades. Jesus is going to refer to the gates of Hades, and in what he's talking about is that river flowed from the underworld. It flowed from uh, the subterranean rock, and, and uh, in Jesus' day, that was considered the place of death, the underground, where people go when they die. And so when he's speaking about the gates of Hades, the gates of death, he's standing at a place where the water was actually flowing out from the place of death. And so that's very significant for what he's going to say. Let's read together. So this is what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 16. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, and we've stood there for a moment where he had instructed his disciples. He asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? Do you get my identity? I've taught you, I've showed you in miracles who I am. Have you understood? They replied, some people say you're John the Baptist, others say Elijah, still others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And then Jesus narrows it directly to you and me and to his disciples. He says, but what about you? Who do you say I am? Do you understand my true identity as I've revealed myself? Simon Peter, a light goes on in Peter. And he says this, you are the Messiah. You are God's anointed king on earth. You are the son of the living God. And so Peter expresses this confession of faith in Jesus' identity. And look at Jesus' reply. Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. You've had a spiritual illumination from my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock, and Peter, Cephas means rock, on this rock, I will build my church. Now, scholars and Bible students have discussed whether the, the rock that Jesus builds his church, was that Peter himself or was it Peter's confession of faith? I think the best answer is it's both. Because on the day of Pentecost, it's actually Peter who preaches the first uh, gospel message and, and the church is founded on Peter's um, Peter himself being the apostle and, and preaching the good news about Christ. But it's also founded, the church is founded on, on his confession of faith because others come to confession of faith and, and that's how all of us enter into and become part of the church is our personal faith in Jesus. But in any case, this is the point I don't want us to miss. Please catch this. Jesus says, this is you, New Hope Kailua. You are my church and the gates of Hades, the gates of sin and death and hell will not overcome it. Jesus says to New Hope Kailua, you are my prevailing church against the powers of sin and death on earth. And that's who we are. That's our identity. So how do we prevail? How do we continue during this pandemic season against this one force of death and all the forces of death? And how do we prevail as Christ's community of life against the forces of death on earth? Acts chapter 2 shows us how to be the prevailing church. And we looked at this passage last week. But when Jesus' church was given birth on earth, it was his resurrection family created on the day of Pentecost. And he created it to be his prevailing church. And he created New Hope Kailua to be his 
prevailing church. So let's read that passage just briefly again, and we'll notice from this passage how we continue to be a prevailing church during this uh, virus pandemic. Acts chapter 2, do you remember the, uh, what happened in that passage? There was a day of great miracles. When Jesus poured forth the Holy Spirit, it was like a hurricane wind in the house, if you will. Powerful sound and flames that looked like fire resting over people. And, and the Spirit spurred people to speak in human languages that they had never learned. And so the wonders of God were declared to all these different nationalities and cultures and peoples. And then Peter gets up to explain what's going on. And he tells them that it's the resurrected Christ who is pouring out his spirit and he challenges them to come to faith in Jesus as their savior. And he shows how Jesus fulfilled the Old Testament scriptures. And then we read in Acts chapter 2 and verse 41, this is the portrait of the prevailing church, if you will. Those who accepted Peter's message were baptized. They came to faith and were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day, the birth of the church. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to relationships and service, to the breaking of bread, and we're going to do that today, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They met together, but also in homes. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord had added to their number daily those who were being saved. Here's one way that we prevail at the church, and I want to look at, at several from this passage. But the first way that we prevail as Christ's um, Resurrection family is simply by sharing the good news of Jesus. That's what Peter did. People came to faith. The church spread the good news. And daily folks came to faith in Jesus. And um, that is our mission, continues to be our mission, whether we're meeting in a church building or meeting online, to share the good news about Jesus. The good news is He is life. He came as the power of life into a death-cursed planet, if you will, into a planet that was under and held captive by the forces of death. Jesus says, I have come that you might have life and have it to its fullness. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he dies, yet shall he live. And yes, John 3:16, perhaps the best known verse in the Bible, so true. For God so loved the world that He loved you that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him might not perish, but receive eternal life. Jesus is the life giver, and when we share the good news about Jesus, people come to faith and come to life. Life in this world, life in the world to come, because Jesus is the life. I just love the fact that our church will continue to be a church that shares the good news of Jesus, that helps people come to a personal faith in Jesus, gets baptized in Jesus, and we all celebrate that. And as we continue to be, that sense, a life-giving church because we're sharing the good news of Jesus, who is the life. That's one way we prevail as a church. The second way is that we are devoted to God's Word. We're growing in God's Word. The... Uh, 
church on the day of Pentecost, that, that resurrection family of Jesus, were devoted to the apostles' teaching. They were the men who had been with Jesus, who had heard his teaching directly, and the Holy Spirit had brought to remembrance so that they could pass on and teach Jesus' teaching. And they knew, as Peter said, that Jesus' words were life. Why did they listen to Jesus? Why did they teach Jesus' teachings? Because his words are life. And Jesus himself taught that his teaching, the Sermon on the Mount, but all of his teaching, were a solid foundation. They were a rock foundation. So at the end of his teaching in, in uh, Matthew chapter 7, he says, if you obey my words, if you put my words into practice, you are building your life on a solid foundation, a rock foundation. And when the winds and the waves and the forces of death come against you, you will prevail because you've built your life on a rock solid foundation. Jesus also taught that his words, his teaching are like a seed. It's designed to be planted and give life. And when it's planted in a good receptive heart, it, it takes root and grows fruit, abundance and produces abundance of fruit in life. Yes, what kind of fruit? The fruit of the Spirit for sure. He brings life, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, all of the fruit of the Spirit is designed to be created as the, the Holy Spirit quickens the Word of God. But when we're devoted to God's Word, it brings life to our life. And it's the spiritual food in which we grow. I was so encouraged last week when Myra shared her uh, personal testimony just during this virus time of of daily reading God's Word and, and daily growing in God's Word and how it was coming alive and to her and, and, and bringing life to her. That's what God has designed and Jesus has given us His Word for. There's a third way in which we as a church prevail against the forces of death on earth, and that's where we uh, devote ourselves to prayer. That's part of what was happening in this church given birth by the resurrection of Jesus. They were devoted to prayer. We read that when Jesus rose from the dead, it changed the whole avenue of prayer, the whole access of prayer. You remember what, what's recorded is that the, um, the veil in the temple was torn apart from top to bottom. And that communicates so powerfully that we now have a new and a living access to God. And everything that the temple pointed to, everything that, that, that the tabernacle pointed to, um, was fulfilled in Jesus and a new and a living way was opened. So it, when you went into the temple, you had to have your sins forgiven at the bronze altar and you had, had to be cleansed at the labor and the, the priest would go into the holy place and offer prayers through the veil into the presence of the Holy of Holies. And all of that pointed to the fullness of what Jesus would give us, a new and a living and a direct access as believers through our high priest Jesus into the very living presence of God. And we have the opportunity to take advantage of that. And the church of the resurrection, the life-giving church of Jesus, devoted themselves to this new living way of prayer. We're going to have one of our dear sisters share how just the joy of prayer, how she enters into that privilege of prayer as a part of our prevailing church of prayer. Listen to Priscilla. Hi, it's Priscilla. Pastor Rick asked me to say a few words about what prayer means to me, and I immediately wanted to say no because I hate public speaking. <laughs> but prayer is very important to me, so I'll give it a try. Um, I think of all the things God has given us, and oh my gosh, the gifts are mind-boggling, creation, salvation, 
the Holy Spirit, prayer, the Bible, our home in heaven that we have to look forward to. I mean, it's just, it's enough to drive you crazy trying to grasp all of this. But prayer is one of my favorites because it's something He left for us so that we would not be abandoned, much like the Holy Spirit and the Bible. We can learn while praying, we can be guided, we can be comforted. It's something we can do all day, anytime. And I mean, think of it, if you try to have a conversation with the President of the United States or anyone in a high office, you're gonna have to go through a tremendous amount of red tape, security checks and all this, and yet you can talk to the creator of the universe, your own creator and your savior directly in any form you want. Doesn't have to be fancy or well put. I grew up in an Episcopal church. The prayers were perfect. They were poetic. And mine aren't like that. But um, God will accept your prayers as long as they are prayed with an earnest heart and with faith in Jesus Christ. And they can be about anything. Important things or trivial things. As trivial as finding you a parking space. Um, God does not differentiate that way. So to me, prayer is, is invaluable. It's an all-day thing that I enjoy. It makes me feel peaceful and comforted and like God has everything in control, which I, I sincerely believe He does. And uh, if you're angry about anything, you can be calmed down by prayer. I mean, the benefits just go on and on. So I hope you are enjoying praying to the Lord as much as I am. And I hope it's a habit you have developed because it's really one of the best habits you could possibly have. Well, I know we're all encouraged by Priscilla's example of joyful prayer, and I want us to pray together as we devote ourselves to prayer this morning the way that Jesus taught us to pray. So the words will come up on your screen, but let's take a moment and, and pray together as a prevailing church of prayer, the prayer that Jesus gives us, what we call the Lord's Prayer. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. We prevail by being a praying church. But you know what? There's another powerful way in which we're a prevailing church at New Hope Kailua, and that's when we exercise love in action. We see this truth uh, written in the family portrait, revealed in the family portrait in the day of Pentecost, in the resurrection family, in the prevailing church, that they were devoted themselves to love in action. The people gave generously and the needs of people were met. And uh, we will continue to prevail as a church during this pandemic in all of the ways in which we find ways to show love in action. Can I just encourage you that uh, during this pandemic, we continue to help our church families and our community with practical financial needs, food needs. And uh, we are continuing ministries that reach out to the community with the love and the support of Jesus. We want to highlight one of those ministries for your encouragement just to know that our recovery group 
continues to meet every week under the leadership of Akaika and John and share the life-giving message of Jesus. So take a look at this um, presentation and, and realize how we are continuing to reach out to the community with love in action. We're just talking about our 12-step study that we do Monday nights for men in recovery or just basically learning how to live life sober and in peace with peace and happiness. We have about right now 15 to 17 guys attending. Not all from New Hope Kailua, but a lot of us are. And some of the rules we have, you have to be sober. It's total anonymity. Whatever stays there, stays there. And we're there just to help the suffering alcoholic who gets sober and comes in and wants to change their life by using the steps, by using a book uh, we call, it's called The 12 Steps and 12 Traditions. Uh, and we just go through the each step and uh, we share on it and we, we work the steps as a group and then we also work them individually with our sponsors in the, in the program. When I first started 11 years ago, the step study, it saved my life. And now as the years went on, I, I like to see the, the light come on in the newcomer. You see the light come on and they, they not only want to be sober, but they want to be uh, at peace with life itself. I've been doing this type of step study workshop for, for more than 30 years. Uh, I'm, the, I'm the old guy of the group and uh, the grandpa. Yeah, the grandpa. Uh, but, you know, the, the, big, the greatest gift I have about uh, being sober for many years is watching all of these people, guys, come in and get sober and, and, and see the light in their eyes when, they, when they're going through the change. And it's, yeah, I, they do more for me than I think I do for them. And, uh, you know, it's just God working through each and every one of us. We used to have like 30, 40 guys and there's a lot of lives been saved yeah. by this group. If you know someone that's having a problem with, uh, with alcoholism or drug addiction, uh, even if they're not sober yet, you know, if they need help along the way to get on that road, uh, Ikaika, myself, all of us are all, you know, uh, we are at church, you know, if you need somebody that needs to be talked to. And we know, we know people that have resources to get the treatment the guy is trying you know prayer is the biggest thing yeah that's the biggest thing to help guys stay sober and I see God really saving lives and open up saving families and opening up people's hearts to him yeah, that's the key one that's it it helps change the families and you know we're not we're not small guys and uh, you see these guys get together and and we sit down with each other and you can see tears coming out of a man's eyes uh, knowing that it's coming from his heart and knowing that God is touching him and not being afraid to be open in front of others. And uh, we've had hardened criminals come through there too and I yeah. see tears come out of them. Yeah. You know, so you know God is touching you. And we really want to thank Nuo Kailua for yes. sponsoring this because without you guys, without the members and the church itself. This could never happen. You never see lives come and be saved. Well, in addition to showing Jesus' love in action to our community, 
We are continuing, continuing to be a prevailing church by exercising love and action around the world, literally, through the ministries we partner with. We want you to take a look at this short video from Yamit, our uh, missionary in Israel, who is doing exactly what our church is doing, uh, reaching out, caring for the needs of people in, in the community of Netanya in Israel, um, because they're under lockdown as well. But be encouraged by this. Well, it's encouraging to know that part of our church family ministry is reaching out to uh, support and care for uh, people in need in other countries as well. And as Pastor Mark shared earlier, we're vitally involved in the Pocot community, the village of Katowit, and, and uh, helping meet the practical needs of, of people for food and finances in that community. In all of these ways, our church is prevailing by being a, a church that shows love in action in our community and around the world. And how do we do that? Well, that leads us to the fifth way in which we prevail as a church that's rooted in the resurrection family of Jesus, and that's by showing generosity. That we prevail by being a church that shows generosity. And what a great opportunity during this pandemic season to continue to be a generous church. And can I say again, uh, just a word of gratitude, a word of thanks to our church family over the years and especially now, for showing your generosity so that God can enliven all of these ministries through our church family. And yes, we haven't been able to meet on Sunday mornings, but many of you have continued to, to mail in uh, financial gifts to the church, uh, to our street address, and you can continue to do that. Uh, many have learned to give online, and that's a great way to offer to the Lord. And, and all of those gifts are, are, are allowing us to continue to be a generous church in meeting people's needs and showing the love of Jesus on earth. And can I just perhaps encourage some of you who maybe uh, have gotten out of uh, your regular practice of giving or maybe haven't started giving, this would be a great opportunity for you to catch up in, in being generous and perhaps being start, a start of being generous to the Lord and helping be a part of this thriving community that's helping people on earth with the love of Jesus. The last way I want to point out from this passage about how New Hope Kailua will continue to be a prevailing church, to be Jesus' prevailing church against the forces of death on this planet, is that we will continue to celebrate Jesus as the source of life, to celebrate Jesus, uh, His presence with us. And the, uh, the text speaks about that early church community devoting themselves to the breaking of bread, the worship experience that Jesus gave us to break bread, to break the loaf and remember him through the bread and the cup and his love for us on the cross. And we're going to uh, conclude our service this morning by doing that. And Pastor Jonah is going to lead us as we break bread together and continue to be God's prevailing church on earth. Aloha New Hope Kailua family. I wanna welcome you guys and I wanna introduce our family uh, this is our Acts 2 family, uh, the Lando family and the Ka'awai family. 
and uh, we're just blessed to be able to share uh, this moment in time with all of you and share communion this morning. Uh, we uh, made a choice back in uh, September to come together as two families who love Jesus and live uh, this miraculous lifestyle of an Acts 2 family. And so as we celebrate communion this morning, I want to uh, just celebrate the life that we're able to live uh, right now as two families coming together to live a life that is completely extraordinary. Let me share you the scripture uh, for this morning in 1 Corinthians 11, 23 uh, through 26 in the Amplified Version. The Lord's Supper. For I received from the Lord himself that instruction which I passed on to you that the Lord Jesus on the night in which he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said this is this is my body which is offered as a sacrifice for you do this in affection in affectionate remembrance of me in the same way after supper he took the cup saying this cup is the new covenant ratified and established in my blood do this as often as you drink it in affectionate remembrance of me for every time you eat this bread and drink this cup you are symbolically proclaiming the fact of the lord's death until he comes again see in the early church in the book of acts they lived together in community much like we are being forced to live in community but they did it voluntarily they, come, they came together on a daily basis and they had joy together. They celebrated. There were scary times because the church was persecuted at that time. But they came together in purpose because they knew and a life lived together was one on purpose. It's really simple, the life they led. And the remembrance, that word remembrance. Why did they remember? They remembered so what? So they don't forget. So why do we remember? Why are we remembering this time and taking communion today? It's really in this scripture. It says in John 4, 6, it says, Jesus said this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So I don't know what you're going through in your life, but have you lost your way in this time? Are you wondering and worrying in these times? Well, remember Jesus. Are you wondering what is the truth in the midst of the chaos of the information being thrown out at us? What is the truth? There is only one truth, family, for us who believe in Jesus. And that truth is remembering Jesus. And what is this life all about? What is the meaning of life, especially in the middle of these times when it seems so confusing and so chaotic? What is it? The meaning to this life is Jesus. So as we take communion together, our family, we have all of our elements here. We know we're going to turn over this time for you. Just remember the one name that is above every other name. If you're wondering about the way, the truth, and the life, His name is Jesus. We love you. God bless you.
Thank you so much to the Ka'awai family for uh, leading us in worship. Let's conclude our service in prayer. Thank you, our loving Heavenly Father, that Jesus is with us. We celebrate that this day with the bread, with the cup, with the reality of Jesus' love that continues with us. Thank you that you have made us and you are making us to be a life-giving community, to be your prevailing family of life in a world that's marked by death. Strengthen us by your spirit to share your life and to prevail this week. In Jesus' name, amen. I'd like to just leave us with a blessing from God's word. May our Lord Jesus Christ and God our Father who loves us and by his grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope, may he encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. God bless you. Amen.